0: Esports are um, competitive gaming. So people play video games for fun, and then uh, that's been a a more, um, it's more of a wider audience thing. They're competing for money in a similar way that you would in actual sports.
1: Howdy everybody, I'm Corbin Gregg.
2: And I'm Kate Galliford.
1: On today's episode of Retrospect, coming at you on our brand new Thursday release schedule, we talk to Patrick Moquin about the impact of the pandemic on Fordham sports, as well as the brand new intramural esports leagues created for Fordham students. This is Retrospect, the official podcast of the Fordham Observer. We're now joined by Patrick Moquin, Sports and Health Editor for the Fordham Observer. Patrick, it's great to have you on.
0: Nice to be here, first time this semester, I'm excited.
2: So as a Sports and Health Editor, you're obviously one of our resident sports experts on the paper. Again, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, and social distancing guidelines make it virtually impossible to safely play sports, especially close contact sports. So we're going to get into some of the ways that Fordham is adapting to COVID safety regulations, but before we talk about that, can you kind of give us a brief overview and update of what's been going on with like intramural sports programs on campus and how is the Fordham athletic department adapting to how things are different this semester?
0: Of course, and uh, that's a good question because obviously we think of those um, the actual college sports first, but we kind of neglect club sports and intramural sports, which are also equally affected by this issue. Um, Yeah, currently club sports and intramural sports are um, postponed for the time being. Obviously, they can't compete the same way as... the uh, actual sports on campus, but um, they're making efforts uh, for students to interact because that's what club sports and intramural sports—that's the purpose they serve. They serve as a way for kids to collaborate, to work together, to you know spend time together. So, what's the solution to that problem? And one of the interesting solutions that I article about this week uh, is esports. They're trying to uh, begin hosting an esports platform through Fordham that students can sign up for, and then obviously they can they can compete remotely. It's still a casual environment. Just a different, um, different outlet for them to compete. So it's definitely an interesting option. Uh, They obviously they're always coming up with things, you know, all the time. But that's one of the concrete things they have attempted this um, past summer and they're going to continue with this fall.
1: Yeah, so let's get into that a little bit. Can you talk to us a bit about esports for students who don't know what are they how can students access them? So going into like the intramural league and stuff.
0: Absolutely. Um, so uh, there is a page called IM Leagues. Um, it's a website and the IM Leagues Fordham would yield the result. And essentially that's what they used to use um, for their intramural sports. You would sign up for a sport. Now those um, slots are filled by um, video games. So um, I believe uh, some of the ones, I'm not going to name all of them off the top of my head, but League of Legends, Call of Duty, uh, Madden. Yeah, Fortnite. There are a lot. There are a lot of uh, games to choose between. And essentially, you sign up for the page. There are individual and team competitions, depending on the game. Uh, there are four different consoles you can play them um, You can compete on the Xbox One, the PlayStation, the PC, or the Nintendo Switch. And um, yeah, that's the sign-up process. And um, oh, I should have started with what esports are. Esports are um, competitive gaming. Um, so people play video games for fun, and then um, recently. Uh, that's been a, a more um, it's more of a wider audience thing. Um, it's they're competing for money in a similar way that you would in actual sports. But it's for Fordham. The purpose it serves is a way for students to work together in a time where they are unable to.
2: So you talked a little bit about how you spoke with the athletic director recently, and one of the main concerns that came up is financials, and how obviously devastating it is to the athletics department to not have. Um, In-person games, you know, the usual ways that they make money has obviously been really impacted by this. So is this something that the athletics department is doing more as a way to cater to the competitiveness that students feel? And obviously, like, how kind of, not neglected, but disappointed our student-athletes feel? And obviously, our seniors last year, they missed out on the last of their season our seniors this year missing out on the fall semester season. And so is this more of a financial thing? Do, does the athletic department anticipate it being kind of a successful program? Or is it more just a way to kind of help those students that feel disappointed in the cancellation of the athletic season?
0: Uh, this is purely for the students. I don't think they plan to make much from this. This is purely a program that they're giving to the students as uh, an opportunity, you know, to capitalize on things that they've missed. I definitely think it's more of something they just put forward. It's something they offer. And then they, they've kind of left it for students to take advantage of. And a big problem is that they haven't yet. I spoke to a student, a senior, his name was Jack Cachula. And he said that it's definitely flown under the radar. It hasn't been advertised too well. It really is just something that they've decided to put on. And then if students want to take advantage of it, they can. This isn't really a solution to a problem beyond just providing a service to students.
1: Yeah, I think one of the issues is that many, to many people, esports seems kind of like a really novel thing, but it really is kind of like its own established world. Um, I think back to like when I was younger watching like StarCraft Two, that was a really big thing, or like the original like MLG COD stuff. Do you think that it's possible that These esports and these like intramural league for for esports can provide the same sort of outlet for student, maybe athletes or anybody who isn't necessarily into traditional in-person sports. Or is it a good start, just like given the circumstances of everything going on?
0: I think it's a very intriguing concept. Um, To be candid, esports aren't an intense interest of mine, but through research on the piece and just general knowledge, I think it's a very interesting way to compete in a market that's increasingly growing. I think. because it is a game of skill. It's something you know, when you compete online in these video games, you are, you know, you are practicing, you are doing the same things that you would do in regular sports. And I think it's a very interesting concept. And I don't think that Fordham would have introduced the initiative under normal circumstances, but I think with the right attention from administration, as well as just catching on with students, I think it is something that could have staying power in years to come.
2: So obviously over the last seven months or so, people have found themselves with a lot of free time. Um, They've been spending rightfully so a lot of time at home. And so to keep themselves occupied, a lot of people have been turning to different video games. Um, And for several months of quarantine, many people's lives were consumed with things like Animal Crossing and obviously like new gaming consoles are coming out. And like in general studies that have already been conducted are showing that people are playing video games longer than they have, and more people in general are playing video games. And so again, like in my own sphere, it's been kind of more laid back games like Animal Crossing, that sort of thing that people have been playing that I'm aware of. Um, But are these two communities kind of compatible, meaning people who are looking for more of a laid back experience, like just a way to occupy their time, are they going to be drawn to a program like eSports? Or is this program, do you think it's more for people who already were pretty, you know, dedicated gamers or are student athletes.
0: It's an excellent point. Um, The fact that that's really the one drawback to it at the moment is that if you wanted to play casually with your friends, you could without having to go to the IM leagues page. Like one of the things about intramural sports, it offered a more structured environment for those sports. Like if you wanted to play intramural basketball, there was a court to do so, but you know, if you weren't going through the intramural program, you would have had to find somewhere else to play. It gave you a structured environment. With video games, this the environment is there already outside of Fordham. Fordham's just offering a, a medium through which to play, and it's slightly more structured in terms of, like, the, there are organized competitions, but it's really not that much different from playing from home. So that would really be the one drawback to it for more casual people. I would say the people that are more intensely interested in video games um, and are familiar with that community because everybody plays. Not everybody that plays video games are interested in esports. You know, I have plenty of friends that play Call of Duty that would not sign up for the Call of Duty Intramural League at Fordham, just for the simple reason that they'd rather play on their couch on their own time than through a wider community. So, I definitely think it's going to be for more um, intensely interested um, players, but nonetheless, I think those um, do exist on campus. And um, I think they're finding a way to be represented in a way.
1: Yeah, going into it too. I think it's fair to say that there are some significant cultural differences between like the Lincoln Center than the Rose Hill campuses. And one of the most obvious differences there is with athletics. Um, So there are many LC students that haven't been to like a single sporting event or they don't maybe they don't know like a student athlete personally. I think the closest that I have gotten to most sporting events on campus, especially at Lincoln Center, is like when the weather gets nice and people play soccer on the plaza or you go to Central Park and then you play soccer there. Obviously, that's not happening. So are virtual sports something that will appeal to like the Lincoln Center population? And can Lincoln Center students still get involved in the intramural league that exists?
0: Uh, absolutely, they can. The main issue with appealing to Lincoln Center kids is many of the things offered at Rose Hill don't really make it to Lincoln Center years. Uh, I just think that there are a lot of announcements and a lot of offerings that Rose Hill provides that Lincoln Center kids aren't even really that aware of. There are plenty of, you know, club days and all sorts of extracurricular activities that um, would never even be considered here. So there's definitely a disconnect between the campuses culturally as well as just informationally, what information we receive and what we're offered to do in our spare time. I definitely think if there was an effort for outreach here it would be, a very similar effect to what's been happening at Rose Hill, but um, I just don't think that beyond my article many Lincoln Center kids would have heard about
2: it. Definitely, I think that's a concern is reaching students in general, but then also on a campus like Lincoln Center where we're a little more disconnected, I would say, from that culture of athletics, I think it's kind of more of a Rose Hill thing. Um, so that was part of the reason why we wanted to bring you on today and kind of draw attention to it. So our focus here was really about eSports, but like we said, you're kind of our top athletic expert on the paper and possibly on campus, in general.
0: By default, Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're always happy to have you on. We wanted to ask you, what does the future of athletics on campus look like? Are things expected to kind of just revert back to normal as soon as social distancing regulations are relaxed, like maybe next semester, next year, or are we going to be seeing different, very long-term effects based on um, financial concerns or just like the way health and safety regulations are going to affect us for a long period in the future? What can we expect next semester, next year from Fordham athletics?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. That's the, um, that's the gist of the second article I wrote this week. I wrote an article with um, staff writer Nico Constantellis. He spoke to the interim athletic director, Ed Cull, and um, they tried to figure out the steps for moving forward as the pandemic might be perhaps winding down, but at the same time, we're not exactly sure. And that's unfortunately the answer. It's been the answer for the past seven months or so, and it's going to continue to be the answer, and that's uncertainty. They're not exactly sure of a way forward they desperately do want to play um I, we talked about revenue in the article and um football actually isn't uh, one of our main drivers it's actually basketball is one of our bigger um fundraisers every year and to lose that would be a big hit for the university we lost i think at most three to four games last year and those were tournament games and those are very costly so to lose an entire season in both men and women's basketball would be um, a big hit to the university. So they definitely want to move forward. But if the opportunity isn't presenting itself, if it's st- if this is still an issue, by the time the winter season, you know, rolls on into the spring as well, then they're obviously not going to be able to play. But it's really hard to predict that at this time.
2: Is there going to be a difference at all, kind of like on a different basis, like sport to sport? I mean, obviously, at least in my mind, like a game of baseball is different and less close contact than a game of basketball, which like obviously have to be played indoors. Um, Is that something they're anticipating is kind of like maybe one sport gets to continue in their season in a semi-normal basis where another sport, it just isn't safe enough, especially basketball. I'm thinking like obviously takes place during the winter and health experts are kind of anticipating the pandemic worsening a bit over the winter just because of the flu season kind of coinciding with the pandemic. And so even on a different basis from the winter to the spring, is there any chance that maybe sports that are less close contact will continue on or?
0: Fordham doesn't really have a say. It really comes down to the conference that they belong to. In most sports, it's the Atlantic 10 Conference. And then for football, it's the Patriot League and the NCAA, the larger association. They really make the decision. So while it would make sense to think that baseball would be safer than basketball. If they decide to cancel spring sports, then baseball and every other sport with it. And it's the same with winter. If they decide to cancel basketball, they're most likely to cancel winter sports. So it's more of a conference-wide decision rather than a sports-specific decision. That being said, there are interesting solutions being thrown out there. Um, we spoke to Director Cull. And he made an interesting point that they are that he is at least in his mind considering an alternate solution for basketball to play. The first thing is that they have a winter break, so um, that's a large amount of time for them to be able to isolate themselves with the teams and play basketball games in an environment that's slightly more health conscious. The other thing is just a a a bubble, which I don't know if you're familiar. In the NBA and NHL, two professional leagues, they have um, they've set up like basically a resort. They take like a hotel or a resort of some sort and basically lock it down. So uh, the players, referees, coaches, medical personnel, whatever they need to play these games, they go in there for months and they're isolated from everybody else. And that's how they play games. That's how they continue play without risking the player's health. So they were considering something like that for college and for sports like football, that would obviously be impossible because... Larger rosters, more teams, it would be very difficult to do. But for basketball, where it's less players, there's less necessary, it could technically be possible. So, again, that's obviously not a set thing that they're, you know, considering at this moment. But it's something that, you know, they're, you know, it's something in the back of their heads. They're always trying to think of ways to play with even if it does get worse. But, yes, like you said, it's a sports-specific thing. The decisions, obviously probably going to be wide-ranging. It's not going to be specified to a single sport. But if they can find a way for one sport to go on like that, they would probably consider.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that this pandemic has shown is how much we just kind of rely on things operating normally and then like how many different rules and things just don't make sense or break down when things get bad. It was great to have you on. Do you have any final thoughts for the retrospect audience today?
0: I would perhaps... um reflect a little on my past seven months as a sports and health editor trying to run a section without any sports to discuss. It's definitely been a struggle. We're attempting to best cover this pandemic issue while also peppering in content that perhaps we wouldn't be able to produce previously. We're taking more historical looks at things. We're looking at Um, how athletes are going through this process. We're we're highlighting more specific features of sports. I think it's a positive um, effect overall, but it has been a struggle. And um, I think it's opened us up to new and exciting things. So definitely stay tuned. That's what I would suggest.
2: So thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk about eSports. I hope that anyone who wants to get involved can and that students are uh, better able to understand how eSports work and can have fun in a safe and distance way. So thank you for bringing some attention to things that Corbin and I didn't know a lot about and I think a lot of students know about. And yeah, once again, thank you for coming on. It was great to talk to you. Thank you
0: for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'd very much like to visit again, so thank you.
2: This has been Retrospect. Once again, very special thanks to Patrick for joining us. Be sure to keep an eye out for new episodes now released every Thursday. Until next time, I'm Kate Galliford.
1: And I'm Corbin Gregg.
2: Now, I'm going to go play Animal Crossing.